What's up, RPG fans? Welcome to episode 21 of the Switch RPG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Gio. What's up, man? How you doing, bud? You doing I'm right? Doing, I'm doing really, really good. All right, cool. Father Nintendo. That was it. I knew I was supposed to call you something. <laughs> it was Father Nintendo, Father Gio. Nintendo. Yeah, Father Nintendo. No, no. Ladies and just, gentlemen, just... <laughs> if this is your first time listening, this is the official podcast from the website, switchrpg.com, that brings you exciting news, upcoming game releases, and all the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch platform. This week, we are talking about more. Yes, I said more Switch ports. RPG combat and money? money yes, you heard me. Money. money, 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 money. Let's get the show started. Jay, did you have a comeback for Father Nintendo? No, I mean, I, I have a tough time reading. And okay, so when you have a tough time reading, it concerns me. Yeah. So what happened? You read my bio and you were like, saw your bio, didn't see the period between Father Nintendo. And everything else. So. You thought I was Father Nintendo. I was just like, hey, he's he's the self-proclaimed Father Nintendo, and I'm okay with that. No way would I ever procl- proclaim that, because I think there are others that are way ahead of me. But but I guess that's a compliment? I don't know. Whatever. I'll take it. For those of you who d- haven't listened to us from the beginning, I think one of our very first episodes was uh, establishing our Mount Rushmore n- Nintendo. Wasn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. And I'm not on it. <laughs> Maybe you're on mine. Oh. You can't. You can't. You can't decide what's on mine. You can chisel so me on there. Sweet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's cover some housekeeping real quick. We got just a really fast thing here. Uh, SwitchRPG.com now has forums. Yep. Went live today. Today being Monday, you're listening to this. No, today being Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. We're recording on Tuesday. The whole week is messed up. It's messed up. <laughs> you can't handle it. <laughs> but whenever you're listening or watching to this, we do have forums. I believe the link for that is switchrpg.com slash forums. Forums. Yep. So, yeah, me so apart. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Um, I It's been a while since I've used forums because, I mean, I guess Reddit, you can consider that a forum. But it's been a while since I've even touch that so very cool yeah absolutely okay let's get on into the news we got we got some things to talk about here sure do all right so uh full disclosure we uh postponed recording because we thought that we'd have a lot to talk about coming out of the 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 switch nindies showcase geo was that the case um not really not really (laughs) um a lot of the uh the items there, we I think we kind of already knew. I know that Undertale was shown. We already knew about Undertale. I know that um, was it Wasteland too. Is it Wasteland? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, we, we already knew about that. I believe. Um, I think the surprise was maybe Into the Breach was a surprise, and maybe Bastion and what Bastion else? Transi- uh, Transistor. Okay, 
So maybe those were surprises, but those are kind of lightweight, in my opinion, um, RPGs. They were they were made quite a while ago. So they were, and it's not even the most recent uh, the most recent game from that developer, which would be yeah. Pyre. And I know a lot of people are now wondering about that. Sure. Uh, they did address that and said that. They're not. It's not out of the question, but because all of their games are, I think they said, are made on their own custom tech, putting them on new platforms is sort of a, you know, a, a deal. So sure, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Yeah. So whether or not they ported it, them they did it themselves, or they ported it out. It sounds like they did it themselves. So maybe they're just getting their toes into the water and and for the next iteration or whatever else they do. Nintendo's on their mind. Hey, it's never a bad thing. Nope. Um, all right, first uh, official story that we're <clears throat> covering today is more Octopath Traveler. Are you sick of it yet? Yes, I, I am. I know you are. We're just we're just gonna talk a little <laughs> bit here. All That's right, because this fine. is this is pretty big. I think this is pretty cool. I think this it, is it pretty is, dang cool. It is very big, actually. Uh, so the month of July, twenty eighteen. Uh, the NPD. Uh, numbers came out and mm-hmm. topping the charts, dethroning the god Grand Theft Auto Five is Octopath Traveler, um, which is the uh, highest selling game as of July across any platform. Is, does it sound like it, <laughs> what you're saying? I mean, so what you're saying in the lifetime of Grand Theft Auto, Octopath has past that no that- no 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 no. Oh, no okay. this is just for the month of july just so the for fact, the month of july the fact outsold. that grand theft auto is still there <laughs> yeah. boggles my mind oh yeah um, yeah yeah it's there is there like month in a month out it's up nuts. there near the top it's yeah. absolutely nuts um but octopath being in there you know it wasn't expected to be there i don't think so that's uh, according to square enix they didn't expect it to be there no right uh, but, and because, I mean, it was supposed to be a testing game, you know, it was testing the waters, mm-hmm. you know, but here it is. It's just blown the doors off. And the thing is that, um, and I'm getting, I'm getting the specific list and the rundown here from Destructoid. Uh, so you can go check out their list. Um, but it, it, uh, details that. These numbers do not include digital sales for Octopath Traveler. So we're just okay. talking physical, physical sales outpaced Grand Theft Auto V. And I would feel um, that Octopath would sell a lot more on, on well, not necessarily the, the game itself, just the, the, the fact that you can take your Switch on the go. I think that leads more to digital or, you know, downloadable games over physical games. That's just what i feel anyway and 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 i and i don't know this for a fact i mean you know everybody take this with a grain of salt but the fact that octopath traveler had so many stock issues i wonder if that forced a a little bit more digital sales because of that because people wanted to get the game as quickly as possible so even without digital sales is still topping the charts. And I think that that's pretty dang cool. And so to know that we've got the digital sales on top of that, it's undeniably a massive, massive success for right. Nintendo. Very good. Uh, the other sort of story in here a little bit is 
that Nintendo is just smashing things uh, because Octopath Traveler is one. Mario Kart 8 is three. Zelda Breath of the Wild is five. Super Mario Odyssey is seven. And eight, nine, ten. Number ten is Mario Tennis Aces. Wow. So top ten was that four or five of the top ten go to Nintendo exclusive Nintendo exclusives right um and then uh Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is also up there so there you go right just absolutely insane um and the the article does say that uh, purchasing is up um this says it's up 17% over the same period of last year. So m- more people are buying more into games and consoles, hardware, software, things like that. So I think it's, it's good. It's, mm-hmm. Gaming is in a really good spot right now, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's good for, for sure. all of us. It's yeah, good for, for all sure. of us. All right. So second up, we got uh, comicbook.com is uh, giving a rundown that Fantasy Star is coming to the Nintendo Switch in September. Now, this is a port of the original Fantasy Star. It's going to be a part of the Sega Ages. And it's going to, like I said, release in September. Now, as far as I know, there's no necessarily um, like a visual upgrade to this, you know, other than making it, you know, actually viewable on on a high def screen. Right. As high def as the Switch screen. Yes. Right. But there are some new things with it. Like, uh, it will show you the maps of dungeons and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but I'm not sure exactly on the other, if it has too many other features. Right. And I wonder if they're going to do that with their other games that they're coming out with the Sega Ages. Where if they're going to do, like, the 4 by 3 aspect ratio or, you know, use the whole screen. It, for me, it would kind of look weird if, if they did the entire screen because it's kind of a widescreen, mm-hmm. you know, um, will they do what they do with the, uh, the NES and the SNES classic where they have kind of like the, the borders that you can put on the sides of the screen. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that's what they're going to do, but I mean, it's cool. I've never played fantasy star. So I, I mean, I don't claim to be an expert at one bit, but it's awesome that, you know, it's just another, another classic RPG coming and yeah. I, I got into a discussion with, with somebody uh, this past week about this specific topic uh, because I'm, I'm pretty positive on, on the fact that this is coming because, I like you, I've never been able to play Fantasy Star. In fact, if you kind of um, do some, uh, some looking around, it's fairly difficult to get. Uh, you can get, a, I mean, an original cartridge for, I think, like $20 on eBay, but you got to have the console to be able to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there hasn't really been, as far as I know, there hasn't really been a digital release of this. If I'm totally wrong, somebody please let me know. Uh, there's not one that I could necessarily find like on Steam or something. I'm not sure if there's one in iOS. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's never a bad thing if the game comes out on a new on a new console now a lot of uh some of the some of the 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 lashback from this is that it's like switch switch exclusive so a lot of people are going to be missing out on this right yeah right so you know you're 
finally releasing this classic game, but you're doing so in a way that's blocking so many people from actually getting it, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is seen by some people as a bad thing. I I just feel like that's the nature of the beast, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing was exclusive on a console when it first came out on Sega, uh, and like, it's exclusive now. You know, that's just the nature. We, we deal with exclusivities all the time in gaming, so to me, that's not necessarily a, a deal breaker. Right. But the other, the, other, the other thing that this person I was in a discussion with, the other thing that they were pointing out is that they wish that publishers and developers would just make all their games available. Stop picking and choosing which you label as classics mm-hmm. when there are so many other games out there that have not received this kind of treatment. Why not make your other stuff available? And I do get that frustration. I totally do. I totally see it. If this were a perfect world, I would want all of that stuff available. Right. But since this, like I said, is the nature of the beast, this is the world we live in, I'm just never going to... I'm never going to complain about an older game being, you know, remastered or ported over to a new thing because I make the argument all the time that if I could play this game, then I would not download a ROM or something like that. I would not emulate it, you know? So if I make that claim, I've got to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. And if they, the publisher does make it release make it available on whatever platform that is made available as long as it's available new then i gotta buy it you know uh if i'm going to play it so they're doing this i don't think it's a bad thing um and i think i will finally finally check this game out right and it's kind of a good thing that it's it's um more of a straight up port than it is a remake or remaster because we get, we've seen those things kind of go bad Ooh, looking in your corner square enix yep um so so it might be a good thing that it's kind of more of a straight up port and not like Secret of Mana where it's just a straight up disaster when they remaster it. All right. Uh, next up from uh, Jimatsu, we've got that potentially the next East title is currently in development. Uh, East 8 Lacrimosa of Dana is available on Nintendo Switch. We've reviewed it for the site. A lot of people played it. I know a lot of people really like it. Um, but it's possible that they're in development for the next game. Possibly East 9. And uh, Switch exclusive, right? Is that Did I read that somewhere? Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't okay. look like that's in the thing that I'm looking at. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that would be exclusive. Okay. Maybe I want it to be Switch exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody does have that information, please let us know. Uh, but, but yeah, um, Gio, what, what, you, do you have much experience with the East franchise? Um, no, not much experience, but with this past iteration, the uh, Lacrimosa of Dana, I did uh, watch a lot of gameplay of it. Um, I did read the review. It looks interesting to me. It does mm-hmm. feel like it's it's lacking something. I'm not entirely sure what that something is. I don't know if is if the environment just looks doesn't look lived in. I I, I don't I can't quite place it, but. It looks it looks kind of cool. Maybe it let's just maybe it just looks a little dated to me. Maybe that's what it is. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I can't pinpoint what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean it looks it looks 
it looks okay. It's just kind of expensive for what it looked like. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I, I if it looks good, I, I would be into it, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the big the big thing out of this article is that there is a quote from one of the developers, and it's the president, the Falcon president. Uh, he says, we are working on a new game. It will not be a remake, but it's a brand new title, so that's why we're thinking it's East 9. Now, Geo, to... Uh, to help to me respond <laughs> to respond about the switch exclusivity. Okay. This article points out that in 2014 is when uh, at Tokyo game show um, is where they announced it initially uh, East eight lacrimosa oh, Dana okay. was announced in 2014 for 2016 release. I was at TGS. Now, is this article says that Sony has a similar event planned for September the 10th, and it's possible that we might get some sort of announcement at Sony's press conference. So if that's the okay. case, then it doesn't look like a no, not issues. at all. Now, what are what are your thoughts on on the game on Lacrimosa? I haven't played Lacrimosa. I really want to though. I really okay. want to. Uh, the The review Meatball Sub is the <laughs> one who reviewed it for the site. That was sort of my gateway into looking at the game. And then mm-hmm. I've also, we've shouted them out before, but RPG Golden Years, uh, they recently played East 1 and 2 for, for their podcast. And I really want to play East 1 and 2. And so that, I think, has both of those things have sort of opened, my, opened the doors to that series for me. And now I'm very interested in seeing both the first entry and the latest entry. And then I will obviously be like honed in on whatever's coming out soon. I'm I'm, I'm finding that I'm doing that with a lot of series that I've, I haven't been able to get into. Maybe play the first and then the latest, and then uh, go back and sort of fill in some of the gaps. Sure, sure. Um, our site, um, our site owner uh, Firestream is going. He's playing East Seven right now. He said that it's, it's pretty good. So cool. East is on everyone's mind. All right. Uh, also from Jamatsu, we got something something interesting here for all you Shin Megami Tensei fans. Um, that's Shin Megami Tensei Five producer uh, Kazu Kazuyuki uh, Yamai Yamai. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, did my yep. best. Did my yeah, best. That was awesome. That was so awesome. he up, he updated uh, everyone on SMT Five. Here are here's a rundown of what Shimatsu has listed. Number one, we're working hard on it. Yes, it really is in development. Mostly everything from existing demons to characters is currently running on the hardware. We're making a game with content appropriate for a numbered title and without any compromises. We'll share an update when time is ripe, so please wait a little longer. We're constantly considering a port or remake of Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. We're thinking we want to watch for an opportunity. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that's the Ghost Lab. Maybe that's what they're working on. I thought that this was really interesting after what we said last week about Ghost Light. I think Mm -hmm. that you might be in the right ballpark because right. we did we did comment on how ghostlight who announced they are now switch official 
and they're making a they are currently working on a port right that is right. i'm pretty sure what they said and last week you can't say what it is it is a jrpg right. they have worked with smt games in the past and with atlas so i just thought that this was very interesting yeah just that yeah and it's just kind of a sneaky comment there and we're kind of connecting the dots here um but yeah now are you familiar with the uh smt not at all not at all okay neither am i um but i do see some references or similarities to uh persona and i like that (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i have a feeling uh i will i will definitely like shimigami tensei 5 um so and you know they're not skimping out on it they say it's a numbered title so it's not going to be i know they have a lot of you know they have smt4 and then they have a bunch of iterations in between so it's not like that this is an all this is going to be a big deal so that's going to be cool and so i wonder if that actually does if that does give some credence to if they are all in on five somebody Mm -hmm. else working on nocturne you know right i'm wondering now, is it Ghost Lab, Ghost Light? What was it? Oh, you know what? You said Ghost Light, and I went all all with you. I I got I got to look it up now. It is Ghost Light. Ghost Light. Okay. Oop. Oh boy. <laughs> Dropped oh, boy. my mouse. All right. Yeah. So it's Ghost Light. Right. Interesting stuff. All right. Uh, next up. Reiterating what Gio mentioned earlier uh, from the Nindy's presentation, Fallout-like RPG Wasteland 2 coming to Switch this September. I, mm-hmm. I think, did we know that it was coming already, but then we just got the the actual release? I, I want to say I knew about it because I had gotten an email and, and, and it asked me if I was interested in it. It was like almost like a survey. Mm. Um, so I, I, maybe that's, I'm just confusing it. Maybe they just said, do you want to see it on the switch? And I said, of course I want to see it on the switch. Um, but I, I, I thought I knew about it already. So maybe you can just see into the future. I wish I so wish, or maybe it just comes with being professional video game journalists. Father Nintendo, yes. Father Nintendo, he just <laughs> knew about it. He knew about it before it was ever a thing. Anyway, so here's my thing with Wasteland 2. No, uh, I feel like I'm saying this a lot. No, I don't have any experience with the Wasteland franchise. I don't. Yeah. Um, but when I heard it was Fallout-like, honestly, was thinking... Like Fallout 1 it, and 2. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, but to show what generation I'm from, <laughs> I was thinking first-person, open-world, and was like... Because I'm still not sold on that for the Switch. I ju- I just don't. I just what, the don't open know. World or uh, first person, first person. Just because like, and I've said this before. Like, I play I play Bethesda games on PC, and so I play keyboard and mouse. Uh-huh. I've just never been a console first person player whether that be a shooter or or like a you know a bethesda title or i wasn't sure uh, where you're gonna go with that but i I, there are first person shooters on the switch already you mm -hmm. have doom and and uh, wolfenstein and you're you're just going console 
Uh, and, and, and understand, I'm just talking about if <clears throat> I would be able to play this game, not does it work, does it sure. fit? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think okay. I think that the games that are on there are great. I think that they work fine. Okay, this is just a my personal preference. Can I play the game? Will I play the game? Well, I when it comes to consoles and playing first person games, I really really struggle with it, and that comes that's because I come from a, a PC background where. When I was learning how to play Halo, I was playing with keyboard and mouse. And then whenever Halo ditched the PC and went Xbox, and I just got my butt handed to me over and over again because I can't play shooters with a con- you know, with a controller. And then that goes for like Elder Scrolls games too. Started Elder Scrolls on PC, started Fallout on PC. It is hard for me to play on console. So Man, that, that, that is-, is a super personal thing. That is cheat. It's cheating. Okay, you're be- you've become number one. You become a PC snob, okay, and <laughs> just just like that, just, just like that. Yes, you're, PC you're, now, you're now a PC snob, and yeah. you know I, I think it's a lot easier to play a first person shooter on a on a mouse and, and keyboard. I mean, right? It's, it's oh yeah, it to, I mean yeah, totally. You take away so, that aim assist, and it's a whole lot easier. Yeah, so so you you are not good at those games, so maybe that's the problem. Oh, I know I'm that def- it's because I'm, I'm definitely bad not at the good game. At it. <laughs> I know it's because I'm bad at the game. Definitely it is. Uh, so, okay. So, anyway, back on track. I, I was reading this rundown from GameSpot. This is a fantastic rundown, okay? It and, and it and it and it explains how No Wasteland 2 is like Fallout 1 and 2. But do, do, I'm sorry. I I honestly I had I haven't had the opportunity to the read the article, but does it say that Wasteland One was a predecessor to Fallout? Because I believe yes. that's okay. Because that's kind yes. of the order it went in. All right, okay. Yes, which <laughs> I thought was very interesting. Yep. I love I love history, right? So yes, Gamespot dives into the fact that Wasteland, the Wasteland franchise, is a similar setting as Fall the Fallout series, yeah, but the original Wasteland inspired the first Fallout. Mm-hmm. So th- this is the grand, you know. Not not that it was the first, but right. So like Fallout, we looked at Fallout as the post-apocalyptic, you know, RPG. Yeah. But Wasteland inspired that. So then Wasteland Two is that. Um, and uh, do you want to call it tactical or strategic style RPG, mm-hmm. where it's all about squad uh, the game spot? It says squad building, turn-based combat, things like that. Right. So that really really excited me because like i said i in my i had in my head first person open world and i was like okay but squad based tactical rpg Mm -hmm. is right up my alley right 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 up my alley and um and like i said i mean wasteland 2 has been out for a while it's been out for a while and this is going to be Mm -hmm. the wasteland 2 director's cut um so it's got some additional content as a visual upgrade and this has numerous gameplay features okay so uh, you know for someone who never played wasteland 2 i probably won't really know what all it's adding because it'll be all new to me but it's got it's got screenshots here of of the battle um this game came out in 2014 GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10 it reviewed positively there and I am really excited about this now, and it is coming out in September September thirteenth. So yeah. that is not a long way off. No, it's it's really close. Now, who was the original developer? Do does it say it on there? Um, because what I'm wondering, it looks like an Obsidian type game. So it looks like something like uh, Pillars of Eternity that's actually coming out relatively soon as well. 
Which I, I know think, it says I know it says in exile entertainment is the one who is actually bringing the port over I don't know if that's okay. the original developer or not uh, so wasteland 2 let's see uh, the developer let's let's read it here yep. what, what I'm what I'm in what exile I'm, in exile entertainment. it is in exile okay mm-hmm. Um, but it reminds me of Pillars of Eternity, which is kind of doing the same type of thing. Um, I don't remember if Wasteland 2 has a lot of the voice acting like Pillars of Eternity 2 is going to have. Um, but I think that would be another game kind of right up right up your alley as well. Hmm. Interesting. Now, with, with Wasteland, you, it's at an actual squad. I think it's like up to four. Yeah. Yeah, you start the game by creating four characters. Yeah. And with, you get to choose their classes yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and, and but with Fallout One and Two, I th- you're still the lone wanderer, so it's just one. Okay. I think I think it's just one dude. I think I've not played original Fallout. Okay, yeah, you, you go went straight to three on the Fallout PC. three, yeah, three okay. and four. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, but yeah, this um, I hope it does well. I hope they don't price themselves out of uh, of doing well. So if it's something like forty dollars, I think it, I think they're gonna have a tough time. Selling that to you people. You think this is more of a twenty nine ninety nine or even nineteen ninety nine or twenty four maybe twenty four ninety nine? Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. It's it's an old game. It really is. Maybe this is just their way of kind of testing the market, like a lot of developers are doing. Because I'd like to see this type of game do well. I actually I do like these types of games. So, you know, I just hope they don't price themselves out of out of that. Like I said, I'm excited about it. I'm probably going to pick this up. So, yeah. well, if it's if it's forty or fifty dollars, I don't think it's going to be fifty bucks. But forty bucks is it's quite a bit of change. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's no, about it's about like a right, fifty though. sixty hour game. So you're going to get your money's worth for sure. Sure, but but I'm also thinking about, and I know a lot of other gamers are. Oh. I know a lot of other players are too. Thank you. Yeah, I know a lot of other players <laughs> are too thinking about a budget. And mm-hmm. so I know that I'm getting Dragon Quest Eleven uh the beginning of next month. I really want to finally get Final Fantasy fifteen next month. And so that's already sort of two investments and sure. and you're right that this could price itself out. But and, and it's not even fingers crossed it doesn't. It's not just that. Not just budget wise, but you're gonna come up with the. I think Diablo is kind of dealing with it now. You know, this is like whenever that game came out. This is an old game, and they're charging sixty dollars for it. So I don't want them to have to deal with. You know, this is an old game, and they're charging whatever. You know, I, I would just just price it right, and it'll sell itself. That's what I feel. That's that's how he feels. That's how that's the way it is. Do what he says. Do what yes. he says. Yes. All right, back over to Jamatsu. We've got Tower Defense <clears throat> Action RPG Hellwarders. It's uh, come to all the consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. This fall, let's see. Uh, I, I don't know if there was a specific date here. It doesn't look like there's a specific date. So just later this fall. Um, now, this is, like I said, Tower Defense Action RPG. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. I watched, the, I watched the announcement trailer for it. Looks interesting. Have you had a chance to look at Hellwaters? I did look at the uh, the trailer. It it like you said, it does look interesting. Um, it just reminds me of uh, a Gears of War horde mode 
type of deal. Um, I don't know that that's it's for me. I can mm-hmm. definitely see people getting into it, but it visually, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, and it does have a uh, four player <clears throat> co-op, mm-hmm. which I, which is good for me. So th- I, that is both local and online matchmaking. So yeah, that that's pretty darn cool. That's pretty yeah. darn cool. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think it'll do, it'll do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. you said, you can, you get four play co-op class-based heroes. So you, you choose from three diverse heroes. So when you say class-based heroes and you only can choose three, I don't know. Um, <laughs> choose from three guys um it is right now in steam early access so this might be this might be a game that grows over time i hope so maybe yeah maybe maybe yeah i mean why 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 couldn't you expound on on three heroes you know you should be able to do better than that but i think it looks really cool but but i think you had mentioned this tower defense games for it's just not not for me. Typically, that's not my yeah. yeah that's not my cup of tea. But, but I do like. There have been a couple that because they were co-op, I kind of got into. And no, it's not necessarily tire defense, but I really kind of got into Hyrule Warriors with uh, one of my buddies okay. here playing local local co-op. Yeah. That was cool. And so, like the the concept of fighting these waves of of enemies or these hordes of enemies with a hero um i i, I kind of fell in love with that it helped that you know it's building off of the zelda lore and yeah, stuff like yeah. that which this game does not have right, it, you, right. Know, you you mentioned it only has three heroes to choose from or three hero types yeah so yeah it's got it's got a ways to go before i'm like interested but sure. for those who this really speaks to you i think i think it looks it looks interesting mm-hmm. keep your eyes out all right, and uh, last but not least, uh, we've got Bastion and Transistor both coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, these are going to be coming November or September 13th for Bastion and Transistor will be November 1st. Both of them will be, or one of them, uh, Bastion is 15 bucks and Transistor is 20. Yes, yeah. so. I've, ne- I've never played them. Um, but uh, the prices seem seem good, seem right. Yeah, you know? uh, this is, both of these games are super giant games, and uh, something that we were talking about before the show is that uh, these are not the super giants' most recent game. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are interested in Pyre, so uh, keep your eyes open for for that. All right, that wraps up the news. News. News, 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 news. Next up, uh, Gio. Yes, sir. Let's talk about what we've been playing this week. What have I been playing? Well, no, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Yeah, what have you been doing with your life? Okay, so first up, um, I've I've got the first draft of the Banner Saga three review almost done, so been pecking away at that. And Joe, let's take a stroll, shall we? Let's take a stroll down everybody's favorite retro podcast. Oldest is goldest. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know what this is. This is your boy Philip, and we are talking about old games today. 
with a caveat. This is a, this is a little bit of a cheat entry. Can I just caveat? Say? This is a bit of a cheat entry. Okay, <laughs> oldest is goldest is all about old games. All right, and how gold they are. Mm-hmm, Let's talk mm-hmm. about Final Fantasy twelve, shall we? Whoa! Now started talking because hey, no, don't don't give me that. That's like Final Silver- Fantasy twelve is that's like Silver old. Age. That's like Silver Age. It's still old, okay? It is still old. You pop that thing in your PS2, and the PS2 starts like taking off into the air like a fighter jet because it's so <laughs> loud at this point. That's a pretty old game. Okay. Um, but the reason that it's sort of cheating is because I started playing Final Fantasy, I started replaying Final Fantasy 12 on my PS2 and just kind of got the itch for you know, some. HD graphics, maybe a couple like defined job roles. So got the Zodiac Age on the PC and Geo can I tell you that revolutionizes that game. Uh, it just absolutely revolutionizes that game. I really liked Final Fantasy 12 back in the day, back yeah. in the day when I played it, I really enjoyed the job. I really enjoyed the license board the way it was, even though there was no jobs. I liked plotting out what role I was going to give my my party members. By the end of the game, were they all the same character that were overpowered? Yes, yes. That, that was the nature of the beast. That is, mm-hmm. the I guess, the quote of the night. But some things that when I was younger, I really wasn't into was the story of Final Fantasy XII. I felt that it was a little bit inferior, and also the characters felt like they were really inferior. I gotta tell you, I was a stupid little idiot. I really was because this is what this is how my young brain worked. It compared Final Fantasy 12 to Final Fantasy 10 in every way because that's just the way that my brain worked when I was when I was a kid because Final Fantasy 10 was not only my first Final Fantasy but it was my first RPG in general and I didn't have access to a whole lot of RPGs. So what I did was I was like, "Oh, sweet, another Final Fantasy game I can play." And I compared it to 10. Now, 10 has many flaws in its own right, both with story and with character, but it was my first, so there's so much nostalgia there. And 12 just didn't have the characters, and it just didn't have the story. Yeah, yeah, trash all that, okay? Because I'm playing it now, and I'm like, I really, really like this game. I personally like the way that the world is is presented I like sort of the open feel of it. I feel like it was so ahead of its time with making that series a little bit more Western than had been in the past with sort of an open world with enemies actually visible on the map. Um, You're not transitioning to a battle screen. I mean, not necessarily revolutionary, but I mean, just really ahead of its time. No, it did change things. It did definitely that's where I believe the transition happened, but I'm sorry to, to have stopped your, tr- your uh, track. Gia, welcome, welcome to oldest is goldest. You know, hey, I mean, hey. anytime you want to, anytime you want to stop by, just, just let me know. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but on top of that, like I found the dungeons to be fun. I found that the, the inclusion for those of you who don't know the, the Zodiac age is based off of the international, the Zodiac version of the game that the U S never got which included jo- a job system. So it took the license board and the way that it works in the Zodiac age is that instead of getting the entire board where everybody can choose anything, you select a job and then that job gets a version of the license board. 
So you can choose two jobs throughout the game for each character. So um, you really, it really allows you to build out your party with very specific roles. Now you could have four black mages if you wanted. You could have four warrior, you know, classes if you wanted. Um, but it really makes you think about, okay, well, I if I if I do that, I'm going to be mi- completely missing out on these types of skills and this type of uh, this type of class. So. I think it's I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And then can I just tell you that I just found the story just really really well done. I just think it it's it's a it's a political drama. It's very nuanced and now that I'm a lot older and I can actually understand what's going on, I just I was sort of blown away. I was I was honestly shocked. I was mm-hmm. shocked that I was liking it as much as I was. Cuz uh when I was younger, it was always gameplay. The gameplay was fun. Uh, but now it's. I think the story is great. I think that the characters. Um, I'm going to use a sports analogy real quick, Gio. Quick sports analogy for you. I can hang. Okay? I can hang. Some some football teams have superstars, right? Yes. Whether on offense or defense. Yes, they, they got do. superstars. You talking? Okay? You talking the Patriots? Right? I'm not talking about the Patriots. Oh. But some teams have superstars. Sure. At different positions, some teams who are just as good as those other teams with superstars, they don't necessarily have superstars, but they have a unit. They have a strong unit, you know? That's what I feel like this cast of characters is. There's not really any huge standouts. There's not any that, you know, you're just going to flood these characters and say, like, Dissidia. Uh, but, you, you know, you're not going to put them on, like, the Hall the hall of Fame or the, the Mount Rushmore of Final Fantasy characters. But as a unit, this is a really good cast. And they work really well in the system that they're put in, right? And so that's just what, like, this is what I feel about twelve. And then I gotta tell you, I like the gambits. I really like the gambits. It was giving me Dragon Age Origins vibes because, yes, the 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 combat is automated, but all the strategy takes place before the combat. It's almost like a good simulation. You set everything up. You build your party how it's supposed to, and then you go and watch it work. You trust the process, and everything else will work out. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Oldest is Goldest. <laughs> this has been your host, Philip, and now back to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, Phil, what's up? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Where did so, you yeah, go? What you, uh, yeah, what you, uh, what you been playing this week? Dude, I can't follow up with that. Like, what do you expect? What? What's going on? I played... I played Hand of Fate 2. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I started, um, I didn't start. I, I am done with Salt and Sanctuary. So <laughs> you were on the edge last week. I am done. I'm going to put it away for, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years. Okay. And then I'll maybe <laughs> think about playing it again. So Salt and Sanctuary, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. I am just not good at it. So. I'm I, I'm done with that. I've also started playing uh, Divinity um, Original Sin two. Uh, there's a, yeah, I know you were you were excited about that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I absolutely love it. There's a there's a game preview for Xbox, so I've been I've been playing that. And when the when the full version comes out, I'm primed. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the the customization in that it, it's it's the truest sense of the pen and paper experience in a video game right now. It's 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 perfect. It's really perfect. Um, so that's really, really all I've been playing right now. Um, my, my son has been playing, bugging me to play. 
there's this game called uh, Baldi's Basics. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with it. <laughs> Is that it's, what you're playing tonight? That's what I was playing a few days ago for about a week straight. Uh, Baldi's Basics. Now, it's not the greatest. It's not a great game at all. Uh, but it reminds me a lot of what Slenderman was, the original mm-hmm. game. So mm-hmm. you're going down corridors and everything. So you're looking for seven notebooks or whatever. It's the really the, it's the dumbest game ever. <laughs> but that was on my list. That's uh it's a game I've uh, I've played. So Baldi's Basics. It's free. It's free. It's one of those one of those trash games that he found on YouTube and he was just really into it. So I figured I'd give it a try and yeah, it's pretty What trash. a good dad, man. Yeah, it's pretty That's trash. what Father Nintendo does. <laughs> fa- I think we're done, though, playing the game because he's just kind of getting a little bit too obsessed with it. So he had, a good, he had a good week and a half run with it. So Okay. Got to pull I, things back. And there's really not much to the game. It's kind of terrible. So I'm glad that it's really over. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I don't have an oldest is goldest uh, narrative in me. So, yeah, that's all you're getting out of me. That's good. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Great. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to uh, the the games that are releasing or have released recently because we I don't think we've covered this list uh, in a couple of weeks. So first up, we've got uh, back on the twenty third. We had Fall of Light Darkest Edition release. Uh, we had Ferns Gate release, and then on the twenty fourth, we had Little Dragon Ca- Little Dragons Cafe release we do have a review on the site for that today the 28th we've got monster hunter generations ultimate releasing and then into the breach on the 28th as well Mm -hmm. um so there's that and then on the 30th we've got haunted dungeons hayaki castle has released so that game looks weird does it really? Yeah. Yeah, it looks odd to me. Um, Monster Hunter Generations. Are you still into that? Or not Generations. What is it? Uh, the, yeah, the Generations <laughs> Ultimate. Yeah. I, I have not played I have not played the demo yet. I really want to. Uh, but now that it's released, what I'm thinking about doing is checking out uh, some gameplay on YouTube. And that way I'll kind of get a feel for... Um, how things are like how the game plays, how it's different from world. Cause I know it is different from worlds. Yeah. So I really want to sort of get a feel for it before. Like I said, um, I've got some games that I really want to, um, want to, um, to, to get this next month. So I want to make sure that uh, generations is something that, you know, I can actually invest in. Plus, I know it's going to take a lot of time away. So I might need to wait till there's not Dragon Quest Eleven right around the corner to, to get into it. Sure. So sure. that's my that's my thing there. Sure. Okay, great. Um, yeah, that's all the games from this week. So <clears throat> I think it's time to hear from the listeners. Let's do that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to hear from you. Remember, we're all about community here at the Switch RPG Podcast. So if you want to be part of the show, like the following folks are going to be tonight, then remember you can email your questions. And the best way to do that is to go to switchrpg.com slash podcast. We've got a form there that's really easy for you to fill out. 
and click submit and it will automatically email to us. Great stuff. All right, uh, let's kick it off with a question from Captain Vulgar. And he says, what do y'all think about Torchlight? I remember playing Torchlight 2 when I was younger and I was delightfully surprised to see a new being made. I hope it comes to Switch. Torchlight. Torchlight 2 was really good. I'm not sure if you've ever played it, but mm. it's in the same vein as Diablo and Path of Exile. So it's kind of, it's got that same feel and vibe to it. Um, the art style is different though, but. Can I, really- can I break, can I break a lot of your hearts? That, that style of game is just not, this is not up my alley. You don't like Diablo, the loop-based- Path of Exile. It's just, it's, not, it's just not there. See you later. <laughs> Uh, uh, gee i need i need i need a reason to play path of exile i can play with you that can be my reason best reason (laughs) (laughs) i I, honestly i've I've never played a diablo game and that's just because like for some reason i've seen it and it just is not clicking it's just not clicking i've held that in for so long but i'm finally (laughs) letting you know this is confessions you you should have you should have said that from the start so now i'm gonna mention it every single episode because <laughs> I hadn't mentioned it in a while, but Path you of Exile is incredible. The um, greatest game of all time. I, you know, I don't know what it is with me with with that game. Um, I don't know if it's... I like the gameplay. I like mashing through a bunch of mobs, a bunch of enemies. But what I really like is the loot, okay? I mm. like the randomness of it. I like the, the different um, hierarchy, you know, your legendaries, your rares. I love, I love, love, love doing that. With Path of Exile, they also have a passive skill tree that's, like, beyond, like, comprehension for, to some people. You've but, seen me this, you've sent me the screenshots. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's passive skill tree is intense. But with, I, I could say, with and again, this kind of stems into Borderlands. That's also kind of a loop-based, it's a first-person um, it's not an action R. Is it an action RPG? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a shooter RPG. Yeah. So Borderlands I mean, Two, especially, is very RPG. But it's got that aspect of the loot, uh, loot drops, which is which is why I, I, the writing in it is awesome. I think it's hilarious. But mm-hmm. um, but just the fact that you get the random loot and and things, I think that's what really draws me into those types of games. Um, but they're all, they're really fun to me. They are kind I could see where they would be kind of monotonous. You just, you know, you're running through the same dungeons, the same, you're doing the same types of stuff. The stories in most of those games are kind of forgettable, mm-hmm. like in Diablo and, you know, in Path of Exile. Okay. Um, they are forgettable, but I don't know They they just seem, they're just fun for me. That's really what it is. But with Torchlight 2, it, it looks very different. And I don't with this new iteration. I, I, I don't. I didn't really see too much of it, to be honest with you. I don't know if it's the same. It can't be the same developers because I think they kind of folded, right? I think they um, did. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I believe they did, which is why you can't even play Torchlight One and Two because there's there's no. Well, maybe you, I don't know, but I, the the, the original developers have kind of crumbled. So um, maybe they'll this new developer is taking that on, and so they'll have the the name where they can uh, yeah that would be awesome if they could put it on a on a switch console on you can play torchlight 2 on steam is it still available i see i thought like i said i thought the servers were were done were gone but 
Oh, oh, it's a it's an online thing. Okay, yeah, well, you can buy it on Steam. It's- so maybe it's a single player, but I've always played it online with uh, with some friends. So yeah, I mean, this has Steam has it for both one and two for sale. So okay, it does say that there is a single player option. So yeah, so there you go. You should you should play it, man. There's so much fun. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> When Dragon Quest Eleven isn't around the corner. Then... Oh, jeez, Dragon Quest Eleven. Mm-hmm. I so wish I could play that game. Anyways, um, so we do have another question uh, from a new user on Discord. Uh, Cord, Cordy, Cordre, Cordre? Quarter? 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 Uh, quarter? Uh, sure, quarter. Uh, what are your feelings on time-based attack elements in RPGs, and why don't we see them more? For example, the time hits in Super Mario RPG or Legend of Dragoon, or maybe Saban's Blitz technique in Final Fantasy VI. Sorry. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What? Um, it says VI. Uh, why don't we see them more? I really don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Um, because I think that... I think that it does add something to turn-based, uh, to turn-based system. Um, we even saw elements of it in Final Fantasy X when you got into the overdrives. You did the overdrives. You had uh, the different uh, things like Titus. You had to, you know, time the uh, the button just right. With Orin, it was the sequence of things. You had like a slot machine. So like we 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 do even see things like that in that game. In Final Fantasy VIII. You could do the, was it like R1 so that you shot the gun blade for a little bit extra damage? Um, and you you kind of see it in Xenoblade 2 Chronicles 2, right? <clears throat> or is it? Well, I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 isn't a turn based game, right? I mean, so like. Well, he says time based. Time based. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, yes. Time I mean, based elements in RPGs. Sure. Sure. So, to, to what you're saying, yes. Because you, if you hit the buttons at just the right time, it does then a you get extra or, damage. Sure. If you, and then also if you're positioned just right, it does extra. So, yeah. Okay. So, I'm with you there. So, we do see it. Why, do, why don't we see it more? I think what could benefit most, like I was saying, is turn-based because mm-hmm. it it adds something, right? right? Whether that's extra damage, whether that is uh, alleviating damage. Um, I'm thinking of Saturday morning RPG. I kind of liked the system that it had where as you're attacking, um, you can do button presses and different uh, different weapons and different attacks and skills require different sort of quote unquote mini games as you attacked so that you it would just like just to hit or to do more damage you know you would have to time things just right and even when you were defending it was like a defending button and uh each enemy had like a different um uh, a different speed of attack so that it would sort of throw off you couldn't just get into a rhythm of hit square hit square or in this case, I guess it would be X, X yeah. or Y or, you know, I don't know. I've been playing on an Xbox controller and it's throwing me off on my, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on my Switch controller. So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm thinking Saturday morning RPG is kind of a neat, is sort of a neat example of a turn-based system that does what Quarter is talking about to great effect. I wish that we did see it in more and other turn-based systems too. There, There is another game 
coming out for the Switch at some point. I'm not sure when it is called Legrand Legacy. They they kind of do the same thing that uh, Mario RPG does, where you uh, in Saturday morning RPG, where you, you have to do time based uh, defense and offense too. So um, that that's actually right in line to what he's talking about. So again, Legrand Legacy, it's not it's not out yet. It didn't do very well on Steam, but it, it is coming out eventually for the Switch. Um, but just to specifically answer the question, what are my feelings of it? I'm, I, I like them. I want For more it, yeah. of them. Yes. Sure. Because I think it, it, it spices up traditional turn-based combat. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Question from Paul Nichols. What is your favorite sub genre of RPG and why he gives some examples of JRPG, ARPG for, uh, Action RPG, mm-hmm. tactical, isometric, strategy, roguelike, etc. Gio, what's your favorite subgenre? I've been really getting into Japanese RPGs um, more. Um, and again, that's uh, uh, you could break that down even further um, into things like I wish, I wish I had a JRPG machine like the PlayStation Four is where I could play Nino Kuni, where I could play Persona 5, where I could play though that aesthetic. I think mm-hmm. the anime style aesthetic I'm I'm like really into it right now. I'm even I'm I'm I think more of that's because I'm watching a lot more anime right now. So it's just it's not, it's just kind of super clicking with me. So um but I've always been into turn-based uh, RPGs. I like action RPGs. Um strategy RPGs it really does depend. Like Mario plus Rabbids, I like that. Um, yeah, it just it it doesn't flow with me like the others do, but I could get into it depending on the game, I guess. Um, favorite for me, I think if you'd asked me, I don't know, I don't know. It's weird because I was introduced through Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. which to be fair, isn't the most Japanese of JRPG, right, series. So I think even though I was introduced to it through Final Fantasy, I went kind of Western for a while. I mean, if you look at um, Elder Scrolls, Scrolls, playing Elder Scrolls, playing Fallout, playing Dragon Age, um, that, that sort of was what I played for a long time. But I would say in the past three to five years... Um, the JRPG subgenre has has really struck a chord with me, mm-hmm. um, and specifically finding those much like I said, because I mean, Final Fantasy isn't the most Japanese JRPG out there, you know, if, as far as like now how wacky it is. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and even in terms of of mechanics and stuff and um and so i'm finding myself like you going toward more that sort of anime aesthetic Mm -hmm. um when it when it comes to story and characters and um i so i I think that that's sort of where where i am right now um that and and really because if we if we're talking about it's not just aesthetic but i guess the turn-based uh time-based combat is sort of my go-to mm-hmm. um i am liking tactical more but i just haven't played enough tactical rpgs to really say hey this is my favorite so i think jrpg is sort of my 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 go-to at the moment yeah 
And one thing that's, you know, he obviously he didn't list it because you can go on forever listing out uh, types of RPGs, but MMOs, I, I wish we could mm-hmm. see more of them, uh, at, least, at least better quality ones. Um, I feel like there's just way too many. And there was a time where everyone was trying to be the next mm-hmm. World of Warcraft. Um, but I wish we could see a really decent one on, on the Switch, like a traditional MMO. Like your Guild Wars, your World of Warcraft, um, uh, Xbox is getting Black Desert, um, so those type of game. I would even accept an Elder Scrolls Online on a Switch, but so, you know something, something like that. I wish we could see more of. You bring up a good point. MMO is definitely a, a very valid subgenre here, and that's to me the dangerous one for me. <laughs> if I'm for not anyone. careful, I, I get sucked into MMOs pretty deeply and um i in fact i'm kind of after playing final fantasy 12 kind of getting the itch for final fantasy 14 again which i don't doesn't need to happen it just can't happen so i just won't even let myself open it on my computer so yeah i love mmos um all right uh final questions from firestream and he asks what is the biggest challenge in doing a weekly podcast this is an interesting question. It's very interesting. <laughs> uh, because I think it's interesting because it doesn't have to do with gaming. And, you know, I mean, I guess we've never really said this, but uh, you guys, if you ever have questions for us, that don't, don't, doesn't pertain, pertain to gaming. Pertain, mm-hmm. pertains to life. We'll answer anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, feel free to ask. So that's why I kind of like this question. But what do you think? I mean, you're the one that does two shows a week. So Yeah, I do two shows a week. Um, I think just keeping up with news um can be a, a pretty daunting task with with switch rpg in particular it, it's a little easier because we're in a we're in a more of a niche market i guess you can call it where um you know it's not like we're dealing with all the switch titles or all nintendo we're dealing with you know nintendo switch rpgs so it's it's a little easier to find a lot of the news stories and and uh, a lot of the talking points um with that i mean we do branch out quite a bit i mean we don't only play nintendo switch rpgs so um but you know finding news things to talk about can um can be worrying sometimes because sometimes i feel like we don't have enough to talk about but we always we always find the time to talk about stuff so um that um for me and maybe for you but scheduling um, I, I do too. And I, I think you did too, or, uh, at one point. So you did, mm-hmm. you, you know, and you have other things going on, but scheduling is always, is always an issue. So, um, that's one thing. And then, you know, when, when equipment doesn't work sometimes, that's always, always a problem. And I know initially when we were doing this, that was kind of a big hurdle. So, um, but either way, it's always fun. It's always it's always, you know, especially working with you. You're like the the consummate pro here. You're like, uh, it's it's easier to do this with you. So, I oh, just thank want, you. I just wanted to say that coming from Father uh, Nintendo. From Father Nintendo, that means a lot. <laughs> no, and it is it is a lot easier when you do have a a a very good co-host, which I am very uh, blessed with. But um, challenges, I think you, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head with tech anytime tech 
gets in the way of the show, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we are quite fortunate that the show, uh, other than I think pausing for a holiday or two, we've not taken a week off the show, which I feel a lot of pride in. Mm-hmm. And that isn't that isn't because there hasn't been some 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 hardships uh, because sure. we did. Well, I know either it was either one or two times we lost an entire recording because of because of tech, me. because of computer. <laughs> um, Just say me. And no, no, it wasn't because of you. There's nothing you can do about it. But then we had to like record a second night, you know. So, yeah. and then there was there was stuff on my end. Like we wanted to live stream the show, but my internet is so bad that we couldn't. And in fact. It was so bad; it was actually affecting yeah. the the audio, and so our like our audio and video got you know unsynced and stuff like that. So I mean, we finally. I feel like every week I just pray to the tech gods that it's just going to go okay, like sure. just just go okay. And we've 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 had pretty smooth sailing for you know a few months now, which is yeah, you know, fingers here, crossed. Right? Yeah, yeah right. fingers crossed. Because uh, even we we had uh, two two guests in the past two weeks, which is. Not the easiest thing in the world to do, but and they went um, relatively well. So went relatively well. We we didn't lose any footage or anything, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big thing for me is um, is time. That that is is investment. Time investment is a big thing because um, I'm you know, and this isn't. I'm not trying to you know uh, cry here or anything, but like. Um, I mean, I know Geo, both Geo, you and I both work full time mm-hmm. throughout the day. So we get home and, um, you know, Life. tired from work, tired yeah. from work. You know, you've got a family. Um, I got to make sure, you know, the, I get something to eat that, you know, I, that I see my girlfriend for a few minutes and then boom, I just know Monday nights, here it is. Uh, we got to get up and go. But then also Tuesday, that means that Tuesday night is my editing night. So yeah. I, I devote two nights a week for the podcast because, you know, all in all, I think we we sort of set aside about two hours to record this. And then it takes me because I'm editing the show and the video. It takes me two, two and a half hours to edit. So that's two nights of the week that, you know, that that's invested in the show. Right. And it's totally worth it. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I cannot tell you enough just how much enjoyment I get out of this. And I hope that, you know, everybody listening, you you get enjoyment out of it, too, because I, I it's just totally worth it. But that is the biggest thing is time. And I think that last week was sort of a good example of um, just how much time it takes, uh, because, uh, like I said, Tuesday is my editing night. And it happened out that, that was my brother's uh, 15th birthday. And uh, my mom had texted me like a, a few days before and said, hey, look, I know you're busy, but the only thing your brother asked for for his birthday this week was for the whole family to be together because we're not able to be together a, a whole lot. And so like I knew, OK, Tuesday night is my editing night, but I just had to I had to give it up, you know, to go hang out with with, with my family, you know. Yeah. So then that's why like that's why the video of the podcast was late, because. I chose family over over the show for, for one night, you know. So, um, you know, so that so that's the big thing, you know. 
You should have told me this. <laughs> Wait, why? Why? No, you're choosing family over this? This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't want a selfish jerk. I know. Uh, no, so no. so anyway, so that's the big thing is just like yeah. the biggest challenge is mm-hmm. is balancing time. But yeah. I mean, it it is totally worth it. It's worth everything. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't ask for anything different. Yes. Fantastic questions, guys. Um, this is great. Uh, that actually wraps up the questions. Uh, Gio, you know what time it is? Man, it is getting later and later every time you ask me. Uh, I mean, why do you, you don't have clocks there in your, your place? Seriously, it Gee, is. You know, fine. you know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm what? not talking about the actual time. I'm gonna quit doing this because it's not even that funny anymore. Okay, it's side quest. <laughs> it wasn't funny the first time. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know it really wasn't that funny ever. Cue the music. It's side quest time. All right, uh, Gio, you did something a little bit different this week with SideQuest. Why don't you tell us what you did? I did. Um, um, so just to kind of give us a little bit of a little more talking points, I posted the question on Twitter as well as Discord um, just to get other opinions in this because we do like to post, post it after the episode and we don't really get too much involvement. So I figured if I could do it before and then you know we can talk about what some of these people uh had to say i think it'll be a little more interesting so i think it's a great idea i think it's yeah. a great idea yeah so um i brought it up on twitter and i brought it up in our discord channel and um the question was let me uh let me pull this up here quickly uh, sorry 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 so which rpg has the most unique interesting or your is your personal favorite in-game currency um, we can go over some of the answers. Uh, so let's see here. Phineas Fool says probably Fallout with uh, with the bottle caps. Uh, vehicular vehicle says I like Gald. Gald from Tales. Yeah, Gald. Yeah. Gald. Okay. Um, Yakushi. He just placed an image of Musashi. Uh, it's a Brave Fencer game. I'm not familiar with this title at all. Um, and also Captain Vulgar said. Uh, with Cyberpunk 2077, uh, the name of the currency are Eddies. And he put sounds odd, but easy to remember. Um, yeah, that that's definitely different. Um, but yeah, cool there. Uh, what do you got on Twitter? Do you have that pulled so up on there? Twitter? We, uh, yeah, uh, Paul Nichols said, <clears throat> I can tell you I didn't like the renown system in the Banner Saga series, although it was unique and added some strategic depth into the overall game. Uh, we had Tim Taylor said it's uh, Fallout, no question. He's obviously talking the about bottle caps, yeah. the bottle caps there. Uh, 360 uh, brought in Dark Souls because whenever you buy something, you are literally paying with the souls of your vanquished enemies. Indeed you are. We've got Secret of Evermore and its currency trade system. And then that was from Zetai uh, Ryuki. And then Cassandra Ramos says the first one that comes to mind are Mesetis from Fantasy Star. We can all experience that later this year. Yes, coming up soon. What I find interesting is that the money seems to be shaped like pyramidal gemstones instead of coins or bills at least if fantasy star online is anything to go by seems cumbersome but they look smaller than rupees at least cool interesting yeah taking the sort of the weight the aesthetic and the look of it very very cool yeah uh, and i think i think the same could be said for bottle caps 
that's an interesting idea. I think that what's cool about the bottle caps to me is that it's tied to the lore. Right. It's uh, taking because, the trash, right? And Yeah, because it's like, okay, in this world where money now means nothing, what what means something? And so, uh, once again, like money, money only has value because we place value on it. Mm-hmm. So what thing did we put value on in Bethesda's future? It was bottle caps. I just think right. that's that, that thing is pretty freaking cool. Now, did you catch this one with um with Retrofresh TV on Twitter? Uh, it doesn't look like I did. All like right, I said, well, I hate I hate how uh, Twitter conversations yeah, are. It is kind of weird. Uh, but they put I like the things I am set sooner, uh, where where it's just money, but you only but only acquire through the sale of goods. Dogs don't carry money. Even the varied kill system makes sort of sense. I've never played I Am Setsuna, so... Okay, that, that's interesting that he brings that up, because I was actually thinking about this when I was playing Final Fantasy XII. This is kind of a funny story. I forgot that... Uh, unless I'm completely wrong, somebody tell me. M- normal mobs don't drop money in Final Fantasy XII. They drop loot, but they don't drop actual money as far as I, as far as i remember now like human mobs may they okay. may actually drop money but i think most of the other mobs actually just drop loot and you have to sell the loot okay and so i was thinking that was really interesting because uh it the currency itself is almost the loot uh so Right. That was. I'm glad that he brought up a game that actually did have that system. But it kind of makes sense. You're not going to kill a dog or a, you know an enemy that would never carry money. Yeah. To gain money, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. So you know it kind of makes sense. Um, what is what is your personal favorite or whatever? Well, you think? Uh, so I didn't necessarily go personal favorite here. I I did I did want to talk about I did want to talk about one that I thought was interesting and that was the renown system. Now the way that you were explaining. Dark Souls to me before the show makes me think this is a very similar system. Now, uh, Paul Nichols mentioned he didn't like it. Uh, and I'll say that it frustrated, it frustrated me to no end. Okay. The renowned <laughs> system and the banner saga because, <clears throat> but it, almost in a good way, because the, one of the main focuses of that game is scarcity and, the idea of choice matters. And so it even carries that out in the currency because when you complete battles or make certain choices, you gain renown. And renown is a one-stop shop for you upload, you upgrade your units, you... Um, you buy and you buy resources. Okay. So you upgrade your units, you buy resources with renown. Um, so what that forces you to do is it, it gives you a choice. Do I, uh, so you, and you also buy items. That's the other thing. So you okay. buy items, you buy actual food and then you uh, upgrade your units. So it is a constant, especially in banner saga one where renown is, is very difficult to come by. It is a struggle of do I make my unit stronger or do I make sure that I don't run out of food and starve my, you know, my clansmen, you know? So it is this give and take. So I just thought that that was 
an interesting system where the money was also used to actually make your unit stronger and it forced you to choose one or the other. Um, and then it, it reflected the whole philosophy of the game of scarcity, scarcity, harshness, grit, and, you know, make your choice and live with the consequence. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where we're, I actually like that. Like, say, for example, for me, Dark Souls is really interesting because, yes, you kill your enemies, you get their souls, or, you know, which is essentially like gold. So you can gather souls and you can spend it to level yourself up or you can spend it on items. Now, in the game, <clears throat> I don't I don't know how much you're familiar with Dark Souls. So say it's you can lose it all. So you've, you've gained all this, all these souls and an enemy kills you. There goes all your souls. Now you do have the opportunity to go back and gain it, but you have to go to the same spot where you, where you died and you have to gather your souls. So you can reobtain it. But if you die again, before you reobtain it, you've lost it all. So it kind of holds, holds you back as well. So again, you're, you're trying to kill all these enemies. You gather your souls, and then on the way to go spend it, um, you just you can lose it all. So it really stops, can stop you in your tracks and from progressing in the game. But I absolutely love that mechanic. I love the difficulty in Dark Souls. Um, that's just one of the, one of the things that that makes it hard. Um, so I, I just I just and, and you, you're spending all the the things that were once living you like the guy said um the the is it paul no mm-hmm. not paul nichols is that 360 uh gentleman yeah, yeah. yeah you're spending the souls of your vanquished vanquished enemies that's that's pretty awesome <laughs> that that's pretty awesome. awesome um so yeah that's cool um then you have the i feel like it, and this is the one constant uh, not one of the constant things that through final fantasy is the gill Mm-hmm. whatever that is that's just one constant um you know they've had chocobos and things like that so that's that's always interested in me as well um yeah so yeah i i just thought it would be be fun to talk about this so i uh i i gil holds a special place in my heart since it was like the first rpg currency that mm-hmm. i experienced uh kingdom hearts has money but it's spelled M-U-N-N-I-E or Y. I can't remember. Oh, but I was just like, wow, you know, <laughs> way to fit the aesthetic of the game. And then a cheat one a little bit, a cheat one because there is actually money currency. But a bit of a personal one is going back to Guild Wars 1. And, and the reason I say personal because I don't know <laughs> if this was game wide or maybe just the era that I played in, but there was sort of a currency within the currency when it came to Guild Wars one while I was playing. And that was die because die was random drops. Oh, that black die, (laughs) the black (laughs) die. There was an entire economy, an entire player to player trade system based on black die. Mm-hmm. And that was the gold like that was the gold standard. Mm-hmm. It was like everything like everything in the game was sort of priced around 
what what is black dye going for right now right that was the thing that i loved the most because that was back when guild wars 2 did away with like player to player trading uh but there were entire off-site auction houses there were third-party auction houses for guild wars 1 um, and there was an entire economy completely outside of the game and my brother and i who poured hundreds of hours into guild wars 1 um you know it was it was always the you get that black die drop you know what's it going for right now you know how many black dies can i trade for so and so item that i needed for this armor or whatever yeah, so yeah. that that's sort of my like personal cheat one was the currency of the black die in go wars one <laughs> and you can and you know kind of a spin off of that with world of warcraft you can actually trade i think people do it with in real real money um with with the world of warcraft gold so they're actually selling the gold. They sell accounts all the time, but that's a whole different, different ball it's game. It's illegal and it's um, terrible and it's unethical. We but don't condone yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, we don't condone that. We definitely don't. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. But that black die. Oh my god! You bring back so many memories of of me just trying to farm that that die. Just to I I don't remember what they what it goes for you know at the time, but man. Spent a lot it of time was a to lot that. of platinum. It was a lot of platinum. That's for yeah. sure. Man, I burned a lot of days <laughs> trying to get that stuff. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's All right. it's always cool seeing that. Yeah, great. Okay, so um, everybody, like we said, be on the lookout on Twitter or on Discord for like next week's um, side quest. We haven't chosen it yet, but as soon as Geo decides, then um, go ahead and give us your responses so that we can read them. Uh, next time i think it, i think it was a great idea gia oh thank you i loved you. it all right well that's gonna wrap up episode 21 uh i think this is this was a good episode this was the first time gia and i have just been mono and mono in a while mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we had a bunch of guests but uh thank you everybody for listening thank you to everyone who sent in questions sent in the answers to side quests stuff like that keep them coming remember you can uh, send us emails by filling out the form at switchrpg.com slash podcast remember we now have a forum now on the site so if you want to be a part of that you definitely can at switchrpg, switchrpg.com slash forum and then remember you can listen to our podcast each and every week on your favorite podcasting app if you're listening on an app, we always like to remind you that you can drop us a rating and review. If it's five stars, we'll be sure to read it on the show. The reason why we keep asking is because ratings and reviews is kind of how you 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 rise up the ranks on iTunes and stuff like that. We show up more in searches and, and, and things like that. So that would mean a lot to, to us if you could if you could drop us a review. Uh, if you like what you hear, remember you can head over to patreon.com slash switchrpg and drop us a dollar or two if you can afford it. If not, totally understand. You no, know, everybody's got a budget. Uh, you just being a part of our community, being here at Switch RPG, is what means the most to us. So we appreciate you coming and watching our stuff, listening to our stuff, posting on everything week in and week out. You guys are rock stars. And remember, finally, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all of your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch platform. Until next week, remember that Dragon Quest XI is coming out very, very soon, but not on the Switch. Yeah, thanks. Bye.